is there ready to lead the people. Now, what I find interesting about this passage is the repeated phrase, be strong and courageous. And I find it interesting because you don't tell someone to be strong and courageous if it's just a happy, smiley, sunny day and everything's going to be easy and comfortable. You tell them to be strong and courageous because there's going to be need for it. Yes, they're going to cross over the Jordan River, this, this wintry torrent. They're going to get this land that God was giving to them. But they were going to have to evict those currently occupying the land. I mean, how were they going to beat these people? They were still big people. They were still technologically far superior. They still had fortified towns and walls. They, they were there. They were settled. How was Israel going to go in and take what God said was theirs? By the way, God has the right to give it to them because God made everything. And Joshua is a new leader. And yes, he'd been Moses' aide for a long time. And yes, Moses and God had already said that he would be the successor to Moses. And yes, Joshua is a one, number, uh, Numbers 27, 18 says, who is, uh, in whom is the Spirit. And uh, Numbers 32, 12, we're told that Joshua is one who followed the Lord wholeheartedly. But, but how is he going to do this? Yes, Joshua was one of two people who said we can do it, but, but he's had 40 years to think about how difficult it's going to be. He probably felt a little bit afraid. If I came to you and said, right, your job next week is to go in and occupy Afghanistan, you're probably going to feel a little afraid. By the way, I'm not saying that. Totally different story. But it's the same sort of feel for Joshua. These guys are strong. They're settled. They, they can do incredible damage to us. Maybe we'll win, but, but they can decimate us. Maybe Joshua felt inadequate. Maybe he felt some doubt as to his ability to lead. After all, Moses was the one who had led them out of Egypt. Moses was the one who, who spoke with God. Moses was the one who had done all these incredible things, who had received the law from God on Mount Sinai. Moses was the one. Joshua was just the aide. Yes, he was there most of that time, but, but he was just the secretary. God doesn't just turn to Joshua and say, make sure you do your best at this impossible task. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And the reason you're going to be able to be strong and courageous is because I will be with you. Wherever you go, Joshua, I am going to be with you. I, the all-powerful, all-present God. Have a look at, at verse 5. Where's my Bible gone? Right here. Have a look at verse 5 of Joshua. Isn't this an incredible, incredible comment that God says to Joshua? He says, No one, will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Why? For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you and I will not abandon you. No matter what, Joshua could know that God would not relax his efforts on his behalf and that God would never, ever, ever desert Joshua. 
I mean, this is the story of the Bible. Time and time and time again of how God is strong when we are weak. Moses had had to be told by God, just go Moses, I'll be with you. And this time it's going to work. You're going to free the people of Israel because I will be with you. It's a matter for Joshua now of trusting God when God says, Joshua, I will not leave you. Joshua was privileged to have seen that in Moses, had seen how God would walk with him. But now he's called not just to live second-hand trust in God, but to trust God for himself. I mean, there's a problem there for Joshua that he's got big shoes to fill and a big mission to fulfill. But there's reason for confidence that God will be with him. And the response of Joshua is interesting. God says to him, Joshua, dig deep into my word, into the Torah. Delight in the word of God, in the law of God. Now, those of you that have been here for the last two weeks will go, ha! How can you say that? All of a sudden you're going, delight in the law of God. The last two weeks you've been saying, you don't have to be good enough for God. You don't have to tick off boxes. You, you, what are you doing, Nick? Well, I don't think Joshua has told you, Joshua, be a legalist. This is about Joshua being told, Be joyfully caught up in all my instructions. I mean, yes, there's a lot in there in that Moses has written, just instructions for what they are to do when they go into the land and how they are to divide things up and and, uh, about cities. And God says, right, you've got to make sure there's cities of refuge. And and so there's there's things like that in there. But, but, But I think also the more time Joshua would spend in this writing of Moses from God, about God, the more he'd get to learn who God is, get to know God's character, get to know God's heart. Joshua was told to meditate on the law, which is, which is the word, which was, the word is literally mutter. mutter no, 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 no. You know, as you read, sometimes, sometimes you just mutter it out and, you know, you that's what he was to do. The whole time is just to be muttering away under his breath. It, it, to be constantly thinking about it and putting it into practice. Modeling his life on the life of God as revealed through the word. Jeremiah 31, 33 speaks of the time when, uh, well, Jeremiah speaks of a longing for the day when, when the law of God isn't just something external that we have to mutter away so that it kind of gets into our head, but, but it's something that would be inside, part of us. But for Joshua living when he did, that wasn't yet the case, that the law of God wasn't yet something that he naturally wanted to delight in. And, and God says to him, Joshua, delight in it. Make it your mission to want to know this, to want to, to, to follow me well, to not deviate from it from left or, or to right. And Joshua, you're going to succeed. Verse 9, what does God say here? He says to Joshua, this is my command, be strong and courageous, don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, Joshua, you are going to succeed. Not because you keep the law perfectly, because you won't. And in fact, it's just a few chapters when Israel messes up badly. But because God was with you. 
that's why Joshua would succeed. Because God was with him and because Joshua was so excited about that, that Joshua just wanted more of God. You know when there's ice cream in your fridge and you're in an ice cream mood? You don't just serve yourself a little bit of ice cream and then put it in the fridge and leave it there. You serve yourself a little bit of ice cream and put it in the fridge. And ten minutes later you go, oh, just a little bit more. Maybe it's something else for you. But you know that feeling, just a little bit more. And you go back and eventually the ice cream tub's empty. I don't do this very much, do I, Terry? I don't think I've ever done this. But that's the attitude that you have to have. Joshua, says God. That you don't, you're not happy to just say, oh, I've done my readings today. But, but it's like, oh, I just, this is so good. I'm just, I just keep going back for more. Joshua is told that God's promise was going to happen. In effect, this goes back to last week's sermon. Joshua is being told by God, Joshua, don't fight against me. Delight in me. Let's bring it back to us. Joshua had really big shoes to fill this incredible servant of God, Moses. He had a huge mission to fulfill, and we're going to explore that over the coming weeks as they enter the land, as they start taking the promised land that God said he would give to them. But, but we also have big shoes to fill, and our mission is even a bigger one to fulfill. Jesus, having come to rescue us, Ascended to God where he reigns now. One day he will come back and then it will depend on whether we've said yes or no. But, but right now Jesus, as he, as he ascended, just before he ascended, he turned to his disciples and he said something to them. I'm sure you know the verses I'm going to read. It's from Matthew chapter 28. Uh, the 11 disciples went to Galilee going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them were a little bit doubtful. And Jesus came and he told his disciples this. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is, if you think back to Joshua, God going and saying, Joshua, I am giving you this land. This is God saying, this is my land to give. I have the right to do this. Jesus now turns and says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus commissions us to continue his work. Joshua was continuing the work of the servant of God, Moses. We are continuing the work of the Son of God. We are His servants. More than that, trusting Jesus, we are now His friends. Like Joshua, we stand at the precipice with God saying to us, Here is your inheritance. Take it and live as my people in the light of it. Joshua's inheritance, the people of Israel's inheritance, was one parcel of land, huge parcel of land, that they never actually attained all of that description that was given in the Bible. They got really close under David, 
and under Solomon, I think. But our inheritance is even bigger. You guys remember what we saw in the Beatitudes? One of the first Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Wait, no, blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit, the meek will inherit as well. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who suffer for my sake, because they will inherit the earth. Our task is not to occupy one single land of promise. God's plan is so much bigger. It's always been so much bigger than that. Our mission is to share the good news of this with the world. The world that currently stands opposed to God just as much as Canaan, the promised land, stood opposed to God back in Joshua's day. And our job is not to go in and wipe them out. Right, there's some machetes in the back. Let's go, come on! None of you moved. Haven't you read the Old Testament? Well, we're going to actually look at that in a few weeks' time and go, wow, shouldn't we be embarrassed by some of the stuff in there? But, giveaway answer, no. But you know, our task is not to go in and throw out the people who are squatting on our inheritance. Our task is much bigger than that. We are to go and invite people to sign God's adoption papers written on the cross. And as with Joshua, Jesus says to us, now's the time to move forward. Now right at the beginning, God says to Joshua, Joshua, Moses is dead. You've mourned for him. It's time to move on. It's time to take what I'm giving you. Jesus says to us, not Jesus is dead, but Jesus is alive. Now be strong and courageous. Bring people into a relationship with me. Baptize them. Teach them to follow me. And you know what? Just as Joshua could do that because I was with him, let me tell you right now, I will be with you. Not just today, not just tomorrow, not just when you're doing the right thing. I will be with you always even unto the end of the age. Sometimes it can feel tough to trust God. We're going to see Joshua had to do some stuff that would be absolutely stupid if it wasn't God doing it. But we need to know that from God's perspective, the end is guaranteed. He promised Rest to Abraham, he promised rest to Joshua, and rest is what we will get. He promised to save us. He promised that we would be in his kingdom, and we will. And how can we be sure? Because the battle is already over, even if, sorry, the war is already over, even if there are still a few battles raging. Jesus hung on that cross where he took our punishment and said, it is finished. And right now he is with us, alive. And he won't drop us. And he won't abandon us. And the question for us is, well, what are we going to do? Joshua was told to delight in the law of God. And and I want to suggest to us that that's something that we can do today as well. 
to, to make God our delight. And the difference is what we've looked at in the last two weeks, that no longer is it just an external thing to us, but God, the Word Himself, has moved in and taken up residence in us when we trust Him. God lives in us by His Spirit. And, and no longer is it us who has to mutter God's words to ourselves, but God lives in us, and it's almost as if God mutters to us. Well, yes, it's still good for us to spend time digging in the Scriptures. I, I'm never going to say no to that. But, but it's because the Holy Spirit in us goes, wow, look at that. Isn't that incredible? Do you see God's character? Do you see God's heart? Even in the law, even in the Old Testament, but most clearly in the person of Jesus. And the more we get to see him, the more we get to know him, the more he starts to shape our lives. Just as God intended to shape Joshua's life. And just like Joshua, God doesn't want us to fight him. He doesn't want Joshua to ignore what he had said, to deviate to the left or to the right. God doesn't want us to, to, to silence his spirit within us, to ignore his promptings. He certainly doesn't want us to say no once we've said yes. But you know what the great thing is? If you haven't read the book of Joshua, spoiler alert. God wins. The people of Israel get the land. Like Joshua, we will succeed. There will come a day when Jesus returns and nobody will have an excuse. Because we will have gone and we will have told them God is the loving creator of the world. We told him where to get off. Because of that, we deserve to die. But Jesus died for us. He was raised to life. And we have to choose whether we want to rule ourselves and end up dead or trust Jesus and end up alive with him and with him forever. Adopted as his children. Brothers and sisters, be strong and courageous. Let me just finish with this. Maybe you're sitting here going, Nick, I can understand that if you told us to be strong and courageous that we lived in a place where we were likely to get macheted to death. Now, just two seconds. The last half that they read for us was about the Transjordan tribes. They already had land and they were supposed to cross over and help their brothers take their place. This is what we are to do. You know, the fight is not just here. The fight is not just in our families. When I say fight, I mean the mission to tell people about Jesus. That mission is to our neighborhood, where people might not want to hear. That mission is to our state, even where we don't find ourselves. That mission is to our country, to our world. Can we be strong and courageous? I'm going to leave it as an exercise for you to think about, do you have to be strong and courageous? Do you have to be strong and courageous today? How big are the shoes that you're filling? 
How big is the mission God's called you to fulfill? Do you have to be strong and courageous? Let's be strong and courageous while always fully relying on God and knowing how much He loves us. Only be strong and courageous.
not because you are strong, not because the mission is easy, not because telling the world about Jesus is going to be a simple task we'll finish this afternoon. Be strong and courageous because God is with you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The Lamb who was slain but is alive forevermore. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. May the Lord give you great joy and great peace. Amen. Amen.